welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. Another one? Yep, another one. Okay. Uh, we did one before, mm-hmm. and one before that, and then a few more before that, and now we're doing another one today. See, n- not the last one, but the one before that, mm-hmm. I definitely remember, but the last one, I don't know, it just, maybe it just flew by, or yeah, something, it was, it, I don't remember. It was a short all. one. From <laughs> just a blur, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> from what I recall, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Time flies when you're having something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time flies when you throw a clock. <laughs> so you might be asking yourself, uh, why would we want to ski in the room? It's the law. You might also be saying, uh, where's the married white guy who likes to recap? You got one, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and before I sneak up to my room to make out with cousin Abernathy, I'm Helen. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is all the laughter we're going to get from this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is not a it's not a real laugh riot. Um, I'll admit that. But got a few zingers in there. But yeah, it, it, it's got scary. it's got its comedic sides. But uh, yeah. season five, episode eleven, ebb tide, mm-hmm. and today it's going to be ski doing our recap. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we'll as always have our MVPs and our mm-hmm. uh, rating out of eight slices of cheesecake as we keep counting down towards what's the best episode ever. Yeah. Spoiler alert, this one probably won't be in the conversation, but... Um, <laughs> Might as well call this one, Brother, Can I Spare a Casket? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it was on quite that level, because <laughs> at least no one did anything particularly objectionable exactly. um, from the Goldens. <laughs> I stole this from a sleeping homeless person. <laughs> yeah. Should we... Uh, now we'll make this uh, this priest an accomplice. Um, right. <laughs> I wish you'd have saved your casket talk from a few episodes back for this one. We could talk more about it if you want. Yeah. If you guys have a favorite type of wood or, Mm -hmm. you know, joinery. Yeah. (laughs) I actually did learn recently. um, My my dad's always told me that, you know, he wanted to be cremated. But until very recently, I did not know that he wants his ashes placed in a barrel of monkeys. Oh, really? Like the little. That is classy. I really actually love that idea. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I've got my sister, so it has to be in two barrels, oh, know, okay. one for each of us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's what he wants is his receptacle. I'm on board with this. With the monkeys in there? See, I don't know how much space he's going to take. So, <laughs> my have wife you, says he needs at least one monkey. Have you seen cremains? You what? Have you seen a bag of cremains before? I've not. That's what I don't it takes know. up surprisingly little space. That's mm-hmm. what my wife is telling me, that she thinks, you know, two barrel of monkeys would be sufficient. You know, because I don't know. I mean, I'd like to well, think I'm just saying, you, if, if you, especially if you're spreading them out, you probably have plenty of space for monkeys. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting idea. And it's not like an overly um, a complex idea for you to deal with uh-huh. either. Um, exactly. I did, like, I am going to get, like, you know, some fancy, um, you know, duct tape oh, okay. to seal it up. <laughs> and that'll also remind me not to donate it to Toys for Tots. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, just uh, just because those uh, monkeys have a few ashes on them, those tots will still be appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, well, uh, I don't have any any new uh, listener interactions for this one um, yeah. since our last uh, time we got together. Yeah. <laughs> but I am ready to hear Ski's recap if he's ready to give it. Sure. Side note. Sure. This seems oddly beleaguered. Uh, two episodes ago, it was, epi- it was the 111th episode. Oh, yeah. Which is a number I have had oddly show up in my life quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I meant to bring it up during then. the 111th episode, and then again last episode, but 
And like you said, just so fast. 113th time's the term. (laughs) Well, and in fairness, uh, two episodes ago on our 111th episode, while it was the 111th episode of The Golden Girls, you would have had to go four episodes prior to that to be at the 111 episode of Sophia's Choice because of the recap episodes. So, yeah, so you're like at least seven weeks in arrears if you're going for that. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's like. He loves it in arrears. (laughs) Yeah. You love seven in arrears. That's the exactly. That's the magic number. Exactly. If you're only going six in arrears, yeah. are you even going in arrears? Right. <laughs> uh, not to take it off of this track, but I do know that Ski he he his first car that he owned was a piece of shit car that belonged to my mom. Um, uh-huh. And my mom sold it to him for $111 because that's what he requested to pay. I think she wanted 100 for it, and he gave <laughs> he the extra, to extra <laughs> uh, Yeah, so that he could keep that number. Because <laughs> uh-huh. well, the number started showing up in, like, high school. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember I got, like, you know how they issue you books and stuff? For sure. And then the inside has always got, like, uh, at least in my school, they had, like, a, a number assigned to, like, how many books they had. Sure. Like, three of the books I got that year <laughs> were 111 hmm. <laughs> That's odd. It was <laughs> odd. I was like, that's strange, right? And then it just So you mean like the textbooks kept being mm-hmm. 111? Yeah, like, oh, okay. like like the stamp, basically uh, how many were owned by you know my high school. Right. But like three of the books <laughs> that I got were all the 111th. I was like, yeah. that's freaking strange. Yeah. yeah. And then it just I, kept showing up. I don't know. I think it's strange that if you're in a position where you have to buy a $100 car, you're like, I want to pay an 11% <laughs> premium. Yeah. <laughs> It does seem to kind hey, of Brent, take away the specialness of it if to. you're manufacturing the extra 11. Not had to, got to. <laughs> he, um, that car, oh, it, it was a, a station wagon. Um, oh, well, yeah. say no more. And it, it, the exhaust leaked into the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember one time we were driving around in it, and I think we were uh, up to no good of some sort. But James, one of our other friends, was in the Started back of it. trouble in rich neighborhoods. Yes. And he, it ended up making him sick that he was in the back there with the fumes. Because yeah, there was no seat back there. He was just laying back yeah. in the back. And I think he went home. He threw up. He, like, passed out on the bathroom floor. His dad just thought he'd come home passed out drunk or something, uh-huh. which James was not a drinker, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, we weren't even 18 at the time. But he legit think. could have died. Yeah, he really could have. <laughs> I think he said his dad just kind of kicked him a little bit to make sure, not uh-huh. like hard, but just to make sure he was alive and uh-huh. moved on. Now, exactly. James was the third of eight children, I think, uh-huh. or the fourth, of, fourth of eight children. Yeah. So, yeah, so they had already been through uh-huh. passed out children on the floor at some uh-huh. point, I'm sure. Yeah. They're like, well, if he's alive, he's alive. If not, we got seven more. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. It. I mean, it puts stuff into context. I mean, now that I know that, you know, Theoretically, he could be, you know, developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. It explains his choice of wives. <laughs> oh. oh, I have to cut that. <laughs> Why, you got to cut that? <laughs> On the chance that somebody <laughs> listens to it and knows them, I just can't. I can't leave that. Really? You think there are people out there going to defend his wife? His wife? <laughs> My defender's listens. I, I would say there's like a 0.0005% chance that Lisa would ever listen to this. I, See, I, I never heard. said her name. <laughs> You said James and his wife. I mean, that's... A different James. I'm the same as <laughs> Keep it all. There's, yeah, there's not enough ambiguity I guess there. at the end of the day, it's you saying it, not me. Um, I, I would, you know, I would At not the end of the day, so. it's you not defending her, though. <laughs> I not... bet she carries a grudge for that shit. <laughs> 
I have a grudge that you don't have to bear since <laughs> it's so so very rare that you ever see yeah. um, James's wife. But about yeah. are they divorced now? No, no. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, just yeah. living unhappily. <laughs> right. Oh, same you as it what? ever was. I will say this: they're, they're actually fairly happy a lot of the time. Oh, that's uh, good. I Those times say... that they're apart. <laughs> <laughs> James does travel a lot for work now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that actually helps some separation time. Does. Mm-hmm. I think their biggest problems, honestly, stem from not listening to one another. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's probably true of a lot of relationships. As I like, say, it's communication. It, well, and a dabble of respecting each other, maybe, because uh, not to get too much into their their business, but mm-hmm. I think it really comes down to, like, uh, one of them feels like they're not heard, and the other one's always saying doing, something. Though. Not doing the listening. Yeah. And it's, it's both ways, mm-hmm. so... Sorry, I wasn't paying attention to what you assholes were talking about, but I think it's time to start this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to. It's a good segue there. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to pad because I don't want another that. 35 minute embarrassment like know last this, week. But we were talking about stuff. I was we were, merely we talking, talking about, about how stuff. the not listening and communication and disrespecting. So ah, I was trying clever. to wrap it all up into one. Ah. <laughs> and that's why we're such a dysfunctional family here on this table. So, so aside from the fact that, you know, it's 111. Episode that I was talking about pre- mm-hmm. previously. <laughs> now, episode 11. Yeah. So, okay, very nice. Five. Yep. So it's a little bit of a tie in. We got to see our friend Lance today, oh, uh, yeah. me and Ski, who he's a grade school and high school friend of ours, um, you know, lifelong he's type a of, of person, but he's in the Air Force, mm-hmm. so we get to see him pretty rarely, but he happened to be in town. He had a nice wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he, he currently has a nice wife, and and we liked his prior wife as well. But you know, I don't only know the original wife. I don't. Yeah. Did you you met his original wife? Well, just once. Seems, I don't Long know, time possible, ago. I guess. But um, yeah, maybe once. Yeah, I kind of remember the one time you would have yeah. met her. But anyways, yeah. uh, he is saying that maybe sometime uh, he would be on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'd let you on the podcast. But not you, James, because he's too much of an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, James is a great guy, but he has strong opinions that do not mesh with a lot of other opinions, mm. and uh, at least the opinions of the people around this table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's a good thing sometimes, though. Well, I, I've said... Do my... we need another rabble rouser? <laughs> <laughs> Someone stirring the pot? <laughs> <laughs> I would be curious if there's anybody out there that listens is like, yeah, I just don't like the cut of that one's verbal jib. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like there's anybody who's like, yeah, I listen because I think it's funny overall. But if they were to third episode, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if they were to drop Alan, it wouldn't bother me a bit. <laughs> Especially like I could understand if someone's like, yeah, he's funny or he's not as funny or whatever. But I wonder if there's anyone that genuinely kind of has a distaste for one of us. Mm. I'm sure there's plenty that have had a distaste for the podcast in general, at least a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> is it weird to kind of hope that exactly. Is, that, is it weird to hope that I a thousand and counting? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it weird to hope that there's someone out there that doesn't like me? Um, <laughs> I mean, like, no. Ah, oh, everything's good except for that ski. Everybody needs something. Sours every episode. Everybody likes something every- new, and since you've <laughs> never had someone who didn't like you, you're every- probably wondering what it's like. Every episode, you laugh at least once. Mm. And every time you laugh, the mermaid family, you know, gets some joy out of that. <laughs> there you go. And so do Brent and I. I mean, yeah. it's a... Yeah, we enjoy it as well. Because Brent doesn't get... I, I do... I think I'm better at laughing now than I was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not as good of a, and generous of a laugher as either of you two is. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for you, then poor Brent, <laughs> you know, he would not get nearly <laughs> the laughs he deserves. <laughs> exactly. And that's what my self-worth is derived from. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. well, I can help add to that. 
<laughs> my time on this earth has not been wasted. <laughs> yeah, it is really. As far as my personality issues go, that's one of the flaws that I feel like I wish I could I could change. I, is you that, said that before. I, I think you're too hard on yourself, honestly. I don't know. I, I guess it's because I, like Brent, derive <laughs> a lot of my personal <laughs> self-esteem, as limited as that may be, from laughs. You've always so. been a very funny guy. Like, I mean, I've known you a long time. I'll tell you, time. though. I you know I know Ski has never listened to this or any other podcast, mm-hmm. um, which I find funny <laughs> in and of itself. Um, Brent has listened to plenty of podcasts, but not this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like I've listened to every one because I've edited many all of them. Many times over. <laughs> and it definitely has not heightened my feeling of uh, confidence of my own sense of humor, but it has made <laughs> me appreciate uh, yours and Brent's uh, more so. I just no good could come from me listening to this podcast. Like, you think you would just overanalyze your own self? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just nitpick it to death, mm-hmm. whatever. And I don't have time to listen to a lot of podcasts in general. I so you want to listen to quality <laughs> ones and not the Exactly, <laughs> exactly. At least second or third rate. <laughs> right. Exactly. I for damn sure wouldn't listen to another Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> um, I would actually be interested to listen to like maybe one or two episodes of one to see uh, what, <sighs> what's the comp. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, for... I guess twofold, whatever. Number one, like I wouldn't want to be like, oh, that's a good bit. And I'd be like, mad. It's like, why never we did? Why did we never do that? Mm-hmm. You know. But also just because, I mean, every week, you know, I, I watch an episode two, three times, you know. So that's you know mm-hmm. an hour and a half, and then I spend another hour recording it. So that's two and a half hours. Right. And if I'm doing the recap, then that's another hour and a half on top of that. Right. And I was like, I'm spending six hours a week, you know, on Golden <laughs> Girls content. Make them completely the rhyme. Thing. That's even extra. I bet. Mm. No, it's not the same. Like I spent really? the same amount of time writing that episode as I do any that's other recap. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So it was just because yeah. that was less Florida man. Yeah, exactly. There's no. There were. Yeah, there was nothing good happening that I wanted to talk about in Florida on November 25th. Uh, but there was nothing in that episode that I wanted to do a deep dive on. I mean, it was just slim pickings. <laughs> so. so, Well, it, it turned out, I would say the slim pickings for that episode turned out to be a boon for uh, the listeners okay. of our podcast. But. Isn't there an artist named Slim Pickens? There's an actor, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was in Doctor Strange Love. Okay. Well, I think we've got all the Merrymen out of the way now, so yeah. let's get ready to kick off the episode. <laughs> Slim Pickens should not be confused with Slim Whitman. Yes. I agree, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, Tennessee Williams should not be confused with Tennessee Ernie Ford. Or, or the Golden Girls in general. Yeah, or Tennessee Pride. <laughs> I, I mean, would you like to pick up a pound or two of Tennessee Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I, shall I get, kick it off then? Yes, um, yes, go for it. Have we hit the 35-minute mark yet? Uh, we're at 15 minutes. Nice. Um, by this time, I was almost <laughs> around in the bend on my <laughs> sure. part. We're going into MVPs then. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling the story of an egg flying. <laughs> it's a good story, too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Fun time. All right, season five, episode, or season five, episode 11, Ebb Tide. Uh, original air date, December 9th, 1989. Uh, this one's written by Mark Sotkin and directed by our good friend Terry Hughes. Where do you think the title came from, Ebb Tide? I don't know. I mean, I, I would have to just assume. I mean, I know that's like the tide going out. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was just supposed to be like on poetic license or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I guess so. But. I, I Yeah, I was mm-hmm. thinking it was related to like life's kind of 
flow. You know what I mean? I, mean, I would say that they were probably trying to refer to my patience with Brent's hand on that microphone. <laughs> 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 I would see him going for How could they possibly think that? Oh, that was years ago. <laughs> Do you think that they're psychic? It could be. It could be. They knew that at some point there would be a different form of entertainment. I put air quotes around that. <laughs> where, where white guys would sit around a table and talk about uh, that TV show. So. <laughs> about, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we open the living room. Blanche is standing close to the uh, kitchen, kind of by the door, mm. while Rose is working on alterations for a dress she's actually currently wearing. Uh, Dorothy comes yeah. in. Say what? I don't know. I just had a thought, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Blanche <laughs> is wearing the dress, by the way. <laughs> Dorothy comes in and reads them uh, an article from the newspaper regarding an upcoming Citrus Festival Ball, mm-hmm. which uh, in which 35-year-old Blanche will be spearheading. <laughs> right. The girl is deduced by this uh, title, by this uh, newspaper article, the way it was worded, that uh, she likely slept with the writer or event organizer. Mm-hmm. Blanche confirms this with twice. Yeah. That was my favorite running bit in the episode, because yeah. I think... That happens multiple times, or she's asked, and it does, yeah. Yeah. it's and her. And she response says, is always, "But I probably would have anyway." Right. Yeah. yeah. Even when she's talking to Big Daddy, she's yeah. like, "Of course, I nailed him twice. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't raise no pool." <laughs> and Sophia enters the room and asks for the paper so she can inspect the classified section. She reveals that she wants extra money to buy a big screen TV, which of course is too expensive for the Goldens. Right. Because they're always pr- like, they're always broke. But uh, as we find out here shortly, plane tickets not an issue. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Um, but you know what? I guess it's something where I can appreciate that. Where they're like, "Yeah, we don't have money for frivolous purchases." Yeah. Um, but if I yeah. feel like I need to be there for my friend, that's yeah, true. You, you know. do for family. Exactly. Just kind of like when Rose went to New York with uh, Dorothy for the doctor visit. Uh-huh. Um, they, you, think, you think maybe they would drive though? Because it's going to Atlanta and they're in Miami. That's a good long drive, but yeah, like twelve hours. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty long because Miami's you know right down there near the end of yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah, maybe for if it's and Atlanta's middle of Georgia. So I'm not gonna get too far ahead of myself it's yet. The tip of America's wing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost about to shoot out into the Keys. America's foreskin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So she wants uh, a <laughs> TV. What's written on your hand? Oh. An RX and a dollar sign because I'm a drug dealer. Is that a tint? Is there ink? It's what a reminder that? for myself because I had to pick up some money because I had to pay for uh, prescription stuff when I went to the doctor yesterday. Gotcha. I saw that Brent is considering getting tattooed sometime here in the, you know, I don't know, not too distant future on one of his Instagram. Uh, is that right? Possibly. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Maybe you get uh, Blanche, Rose, Dorothy, which one? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All four. You can't go one or the other. No. Like I had thought about when I turned 45, you know, I was like, I'm going to get a, a 45 adapter, like put in the center of a seven inch record. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, that'd be good. It's on 45 and it's a 45 mm-hmm. and everything. The president 45. Who what? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, that one's gone. Thank you. <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you didn't consider that, huh? I did not, so thank you. <laughs> Save me from awkwardness. Um, but yeah, maybe like if uh, Robert Pollard, you know, if he manages to die without being canceled, he might get the Guided by Voices logo. Or if, uh, you know, Bob Mould, he dies without getting canceled, maybe the Husker Du logo. So well, we'll I mean, see. despite cancel culture and such, you can still like somebody, right? Or are you just afraid that would... 
Yeah, I don't put a stigma on the. Yeah, like if if they end up being a piece of crap, I don't want. Yeah, I guess someone walking around with a Cosby tattoo probably regrets that now. Exactly. Unless they're a piece of crap. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe you could possibly get away with a Fat Albert tattoo, Mm. but that's about the extent of it. Even still, I mean, that's still problematic. Yeah, it is. It is. Speaking of horrible tattoos, can you imagine get like a Cosby sweater tattooed on (laughs) you? That would be a long process. It would. That was a weird side note. Sorry. No, Sorry. You're fine. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, time to kill. <laughs> Sophia wants a, d- a TV, too expensive, uh, but she's uh, hoping to rent out the rooms of the house to uh, out of towners uh, that are unable to find hotels or right. other accommodations. I wish they would have told what the. I mean, was it the Citrus Festival? Is that what's bringing in all the people that's booking up all the hotels? General, well, she did say there's quite a few. Yeah. And and she wanted to see the classifieds. I think it's odd. And you guys can chime in on this if you have thoughts. They're putting classified ads, and I guess the the city that they're planning to visit, yeah, saying, "Hey, I can't find a room." Yeah, they must really not and take much that time. Hoping that someone to... reads that responds via what mail? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe the, they to... might have a phone number yeah, or something they post, yeah, probably, yeah. but still, yeah. I mean, maybe. Hey, we're looking for a room. If you guys yeah. are willing. To... I guess it's not that far-fetched. I mean, you think somebody gets off the airplane, it's like, oh, no room at the end. Let me find right. the classifieds and see if there's a room for rent. Yeah, there's a bunch of people waiting for rooms sitting Just... outside of the newspaper uh, office. <laughs> Any word yet? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess if you're looking ahead in time and sure. just couldn't find a room, that might. And there was no internet back then. So right. At least not publicly usable. No Airbnb. <laughs> right. Uh, so Blanche is fully against the idea of bringing people in, saying that many uh, such travelers would wreck the house and even uh, potentially fail to pay the bills, fail to pay the bills, uh, which reminds her that Rose is in late for her rent check. Right. Just then the phone rings, and it's Blanche's father, Big Daddy, asking if uh, she'll come to see him for the weekend. She assures him that uh, she'd love to on any other weekend, but will be busy with the citrus ball, and then reads him the article. Uh, obviously, we can't hear his side of the conversation, but we are led to believe, as you guys uh, implied, he figures out that she'd been intimate with the uh, with someone in mm-hmm. the same, and she tells him twice as well. All right. Uh, she says her sweet goodbye to him, which I think was a nice goodbye, mm-hmm. and tells the girl that uh, she'll be happy to fly up to see him after the festival is over. Uh, Sophia then tells the girl that uh, she's found a couple that is willing to pay $400 a night for a room. Rose is amazed by this, as most uh, or the most expensive room in Saint Olaf was eighteen fifty. Yeah, eighteen dollars fifty cents, which includes the cow, which uh, apparently was a matter of legality. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the uh, the reference that I had said at the beginning of the episode when I introduced you. I, rec- so. I recognize that. Yeah, actually, most of my uh, references came from pretty early on in this episode. Um. So we change scenes. Uh, we see Blanche receiving a package. <laughs> 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 that does sound like uh, it's a much dirtier scene. From the mail. <laughs> and uh, the courier, in fact, which also sounds like an opening to a film. Oh, right. <laughs> and excitedly uh, calling the girls over to come see what's arrived. Uh, <laughs> all of that could sound dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it is a commemorative plate for the Citrus Festival. Mm-hmm. And apparently only five of these beauties are made each year. And they're given to the committee members that are organizing it. Now, do you get the impression that these special, special plates are, like, hand-painted or, you know... Cause I it, don't know. It doesn't seem like it would make sense to they, 
create a machine that would have, you know, print yeah. out five, five of these plates. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you'd have to have five hand-painted plates, you know, maybe hand-painted and glazed and all that kind of... But, but it's the thing that would only be of interest to the people who already have one. Yeah, I would know? think so. Like, I just can't imagine there's a big market out there for something that nobody would really know about. Yeah. I'll tell you, though, if... Um, Unless it was a much bigger to-do than we realize. Mm -hmm. If I had to present my junk to my wife on the wedding day, Mm -hmm. then I think uh, (laughs) a commemorative... uh, Gravy boat? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that a plate, there's only one of five um, in existence. I'd I'd feel kind of good about that. (laughs) (laughs) Feel like, much like this, this is a rare rare commodity. (laughs) A collector's item. Yeah. Well, basically, only five people get this a year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically, (laughs) Blanche slaps Rose's hand away when she tries to hold it because it's so rare. Good year, yeah, (laughs) a good year. Um, It's a very plain rendering of some oranges on the plate, by the way. Right, Uh, but apparently the rarity makes it special. well, that's the way all things are. Yeah. Everything's value is derived from its scarcity. <laughs> Not love, Brent. No, it is. You if, think so? If nobody loves you and then one person does, they're going to appreciate that love. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. So that's why Camden doesn't really give a shit about your love ski because he's got so many people that loves him. Exactly. <laughs> that your love is just one of many. Exactly. <laughs> just a face in the crowd. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, I think you know that you're his favorite person. <laughs> like, how many grandfathers or great grandfathers does he have? Me. So you're that's the only... it. Well, he has a father, but me. Okay, and then does Eddie have living parents? Uh, his grandfather was his, essentially his father, and he's passed. Okay. And he, I don't think he's ever known his dad. Oh, okay. okay. So now, you just, you're the only, the only grandfather person in his life, then. Eh. I guess that's not entirely true. Uh, his mom has, is dating a guy. I think his name's Quentin. Oh, okay. And he's Tarantino. Yes. Very nice. A Quentin and a Camden, and he wins. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie is the black sheep when it comes to names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a pedestrian name in comparison. Oh, is it like Edwin something? Say what? Now? Is it Edwin? And he goes by Eddie? No, it's just Eddie. Like not, even, not even Edward. It just Ed. Yeah, it's just Eddie. Okay. He goes by Ed sometimes. Oh, okay. His name is Eddie. He goes by Ed because he has the ED. I think. <laughs> you wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brent and Apparently I were trying not. to get to the same joke at the same time. It's I think Brent beat me by a hair. <laughs> you got a cannon now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, are you going to have him get fixed? Say what? Are you going to have him get fixed, Eddie? I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> my, uh, my call, is it? <laughs> your house, your rules. <laughs> Well, they live on their own now, so... Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you had your opportunity. <laughs> you yeah. could have well, had them like, neutered then, but... Exactly. I can still do the work myself <laughs> if yeah. I have to. If, if you want a babysitter, show me a doctor's note. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah, so it's a special plate. I don't know. Right, yeah. But, uh... uh oh, the phone rings. And, uh... <laughs> Sophia answers. She hands off to Blanche, and it's her sister, Virginia. Blanche is still uh, excited. He tells her sister that you know she'll be the queen of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, her sister also figures out that she slept with someone to obtain this honor. Right. Twice. She makes the uh, the similar. <laughs> but you would have done there. it anyway. The, yep. Yeah. The 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 running gag there. 
That's a dirty innuendo. Mm. The tone changes Don't. abruptly, though, uh, in their conversation, and Blanche tells her sister that she'd uh, just spoken to their father yesterday. She speaks for Virginia with a very matter-of-fact voice and uh, tells her that, okay, she'll be there ASAP, and then she hangs up the phone. Mm-hmm. Dorothy can tell something's wrong. She asks what's going on, and Blanche turns and tells the girls, oh, Big Daddy, he's dead. Yeah. And then walks away as if she's just given some very mundane news. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, it was just yesterday, so even if she had gone, she wouldn't have made it there in time. Right, yeah, and not enough time to spend it, because she would have had to literally, like, hop a red-eye-type flight, because, uh-huh. um, yeah. yeah, there would have been... A, it would have been almost impossible for her to make it on time, unless yeah. he literally died like moments before. And even still, she would have been there. So it would have been a stretch. Yeah. It would have been an odd way to call, like, oh, he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just passed or something. Mm. Like, well. Yeah, you would think uh, they would have even taken at least a few moments to collect themselves. Yeah. So. I would hope so. Um, but uh, we have a scene change then. Uh, in the kitchen, we see Blanche. I do appreciate the fact that you know Virginia made the call herself instead mm-hmm. of having the governess yeah. do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Do we, do we know if Virginia has a governess? I just assumed Big Daddy had a caregiver. <laughs> well, he had the widow Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good memory. I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the kitchen, we see uh, Blanche is on the phone making plan, plane reservations with a, a very pleasant and upbeat de- demeanor. Mm-hmm. Dorothy offers uh, for one of the girls to accompany her to Atlanta, where the funeral is. Blanche tells him with a smile that uh, she'll just fly up, tell Big Daddy that she loves him, and then fly back from the, to be the in time to be the queen of the ball. Uh, she thinks Virginia is just likely playing a prank on her. Right. Sophia kind of scoffs at this idea that someone would uh, play such a uh, horrible joke, giving other options like ding-dong ditch, uh, messing with the legs on a person's walker, or uh, tricking them into a long car ride with Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, her own daughter helped somebody fake a death. Right. Glance right? yeah. <laughs> tells him that Virginia is always uh, accusing her of not supporting the family, and reasserts that uh, you know all is well. Um, Dorothy insists that enjoying her anyway. Glance grabs some ketchup to put it on her lima beans, telling her that sometimes her father would uh, sometimes have him that way, uh, as he had a way of trying to make everything sound special, mm-hmm. uh, even if a little bit embellished. She then finally breaks down, accepting the fact that her father has passed away and wishing she'd gone down to visit when he asked. Right. But as you guys pointed out, I don't know that she was even made it in time. But Yeah, I mean, I guess there would still be some guilt of feeling like I should have attempted to go down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you really reason it out, there would have been no, no possibility. But very unlikely, at least. Uh, with Jane scene, we see Blanche is giving Dorothy a tour of the uh, old southern home. We're now in Atlanta, I guess. Uh, it's very spacious and ornate, little mm-hmm. fancy rugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dorothy compliments the very large sitting room, and Blanche comments on all the memories that it holds. Uh, family gatherings uh, to hear Big Daddy talk about the old South. Well, he had his bourbon and branch, mm-hmm. which I looked up. It was just a fancy term for bourbon whiskey and water mix. Uh, meanwhile, Blanche uh, would sneak away to make out with her cousin. <laughs> right, Abernathy. Yep. <laughs> Dorothy agrees that uh, the room does have that sense of tradition. <laughs> Virginia enters the room, and Dorothy offers her condolences and goes uh, to get some refreshments for her and Blanche. Blanche asks her sister for a hug, but her sister says it's really a bit too late for a tender moment, and then kind of voices her disappointment that she didn't try to come see Big Daddy when he'd asked her, saying that he'd, uh, been, he'd been wanting her. Blanche replies that... Uh, 
He didn't sound that sick on the phone and accuses Virginia of always being overly righteous. Uh, she even reminds her of a time when she had missed uh, Father's Day. Maybe she went there for him. Uh, Virginia says that, uh, well, I was away at school. And Blaine sarcastically calls it, oh, yeah, the Good Samaritan Academy for the Knocked Up. <laughs> yeah. You guys, did you write down? Yeah, that? I did happen to write down the, the cheers they would do. Um, two, four, six, eight, all those girls are three months late. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. I could have been part of it. Yeah. <laughs> rhymes. Yeah, unfortunately, though, you're not doing yours in rhyme like Brent does. <laughs> no. Or rapid speed like I did <laughs> recently, so... About yeah, halfway through it. Yeah, yeah, we're moving through pretty quickly. Yeah. They continue to squabble back and forth for a bit, and Virginia says that Blanche is always self-serving, but she's surprised uh, she even came for the funeral. Right. Uh, Blanche tells her sister that if she doesn't want her at the service, then she just won't go, and then uh, ups the game saying, you know, if you're going to be there, I refuse to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, Brent, I know that you and your sister have recently gotten closer. Mm-hmm. I did you two ever have like an adversarial relationship? No. no. So it was just that you guys kind of by distance and time yeah, you weren't it's a as cold close. War. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now it's now it's a what would it be now? It was a cold war before. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're oh, civil. 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 <laughs> well you two have actually become like closer in general, right? Uh, in recent months. Yeah, I mean, it'd be impossible not it'd be <laughs> it'd be impossible to be more distant. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. I can't imagine. Granted, I realize that if you have somebody, you know, like if you're just experiencing this grief that they have, uh-huh. you know, that, that there would be some high tensions. But at the same time, I just... You think you put it aside for the meantime. Yeah. You feel like there'd be at least that little bit of like, yeah, this person also just lost someone that they're close mm-hmm. to. Even if I think that person's a shitty human in general, yeah, I just yeah. don't think you'd go after them mm-hmm. um, during that time. Well, but. I think if, if you would, it kind of says something about you, too. Right, yeah. I agree. If you're not willing to forgive and put back, how how happy would their dad be yeah. to see his two daughters like squabbling about stupid like I don't know, just disagreements on how to live their life? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I hope my kids get along when they grow up. Like, my boys, Gwen is fine with either of the boys. I mean, she gets... Annoyed with them, but she's the oldest of the three. Man, the two boys, they just squabble so frequently. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's just they're three years apart from each other. Yeah. And I think it's just the natural thing. But I didn't grow up with siblings. Amy got along really great. Well, yeah, she was 12 it. years younger than I was. So we never had that kind of adversarial relationship yeah. with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, did you and your, how much younger is your sister than you? She's like three years. Okay, so pretty close. Uh, yeah. The same as uh, those two. Yeah. Did you two, you know, go round and round when you were growing up or? Uh, back and forth, mm. you know, I mean, we definitely, there were moments where like, you know, we're, you know, bickering or fighting or whatever, right. but then there are other moments where we were tight and everything. It just depends upon the context. Yeah. Like if there was somebody else around, you know, and if they were her friend, then I was the odd man out, you know, but if it was my friend, she was the odd person out. Right. You know? Like if there was somebody else around, we would definitely rather be with the other person. Mm. But if there was nobody else around, it was just the two of us. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> get along to go along. Right. Know? How about you, Brian? Your younger we brother Brian, is. We had definitely some fights here and there. Just, yeah. I mean, we shared a room like our entire childhood, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some inherent stuff for that. But uh, I had one of my very best friends that I hung out with a lot when I was much younger. Uh, before I met you, it was Vince Stringfield. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And uh, we'd play and stuff after school and all that. And Brian would just be included because that was expected. Right, yeah. Not that I would necessarily include or exclude him, I don't yeah. think. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, hey, bring your brother. You know? Right, yeah. 
Now, I would say, if anything, he was a little more antagonistic towards me just because I think maybe that was his way of fighting for asserting dominance, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would say now I get along with my brother and my sister both really well. But unfortunately, in the last several years now, Brian and Becky don't really talk. Oh, that's a shame. It is. It's, it's kind of sad. Well, luckily, I still get along with my one sister. But like I said, we've never really been distant. Um mm-hmm. But the but like so we never had any kind of a I mean I'm clearly my mom's favorite so that makes it easy number one <laughs> and uh, you know she's uh, looks up to me as a, as a hero type of you know on a pedestal as she so, should yeah as she so, should so her hero worship keeps us in a good even the the kind of uh, relationship I feel like is appropriate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the true one to accept exactly yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice that you have something in common you yeah. Know? <laughs> Yeah, I do worship myself. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you have more? You... No, that's it. That's it. I was He's curious. Tooting his own horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I was going to go into something like, yeah, because people who listen to this podcast certainly know that I, you know, I would say most of my humor is self-deprecating. I would agree. And most of that humor is is the most honest things that I really say. <laughs> That's about my feelings. Um, I, I kind of think Brent's a very similar uh, kindred yeah. spirit when it comes to the self-deprecating yeah, absolutely. humor. Um, Not me. No. I'm all talking myself up. Right. Well, I mean, you, you just uh, think your own shit doesn't stink. It so. doesn't. I, I eat a lot of foods that make sure it doesn't. You know? it's, <laughs> it's a chemical process. Right. <laughs> well, Doctors into- say it's highly un. un- Unhealthy, but <laughs> yeah, but it's worth that it. That potpourri is delicious. To <laughs> <laughs> keep all the never mind, that was a bad joke. No, no, it was I'd good. Drop it. <laughs> you could have no taken it because, like, the first thing that came to my mind after you said that was poopery. That would have <laughs> been a bad joke, um, but you stopped you know it at exists, the proper right? place. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I assume bathroom air freshener of some kind. Sort of. Have you heard of it, yeah. Brent? Do you want to tell him or you want to tell? Yeah, you can. So poopery. Uh, is a product you could buy. It's like a spray that you like if you go to a friend's oh, house okay. or whatever. Or Can you barter house. or trade for it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you go down to the swap meet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you spray it and do a, like in the toilet before you mm. go to the bathroom and you sit down and do your business and bloop, bloop, you know, your poop falls out. <laughs> sure. goes under. And uh, <laughs> the poopery Basically, a film over right? Oh, okay. And like when it's disturbed by the, the poop coming out, it like releases a sweet smell, I oh, guess. All right. It's got different scents, I think. <laughs> but then also, it kind of encapsulates the poo smell. Mm. See, to me, that, that name of it sounds like an old timey uh, name <laughs> for the bathroom. Like, I'm going to go to the poopery. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the creamery. Or yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, the way it's spelled, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, I was hoping it would be a process whereby it's like, you know, when you're putting on your perfume, you like spray it and then walk through it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got it down there next to your anus and you're like spraying it and letting the poop <laughs> walk through I it. mean, that kind of is, more or less. Yeah. Um, although it sounds like it doesn't really get the full activation until the second one's there. <laughs> so. But, uh, yeah. So, mm. folks, if you are looking something to uh, prevent the stink in the bathroom. Oh, we're a nice stocking stuffer for, <laughs> or an Easter basket item. Seems like it'd just be easier to go to the gas station. <laughs> 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 it's 
They used to drive <laughs> Sherry's brother to the gas station because he had such large bowel movements that that's yeah. where. Oh well, my I, gosh. I say they, we used yeah. to do that because he's he's 15 years younger than us. So uh-huh. like if he needs to go, I was like, I got to take you to McDonald's because <laughs> you're gonna have to go there. The, our plumbing here isn't good yeah. enough. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how his uh, BMs are now, but hopefully uh, they've regulated it in his adult <laughs> life. <laughs> So too, yeah, sounds rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we change scenes after uh, Blanche refusing to go to the, the funeral. Uh, we're going back to the house now in Miami. Sophia has already gone ahead and rented out some, uh, several of the rooms right. to uh, travelers, unbeknownst to Rose, who mm-hmm. comes home from I guess work, sees people, <laughs> doesn't think about it first, and then like does a kind of a double take. Uh, one couple introduced themselves, Rose and. Uh, and uh, had to take. She took their snacks off of the uh, Blanche's commemorative plate. Mm-hmm. Just kind of snatched the plate away from right. her. Right. You know, it looked like what cheeses, maybe or something. Yeah, there. something like that. Uh, <laughs> when uh, when she goes into the uh, kitchen to confront Sophia, she reminds her of what the other girls had said before leaving that no, no, can't, can't be doing this. But Sophia completely shuts us down <laughs> and concocts a phony sob story about the man being uh, a veteran on death's door, basically. Right. Yep. Yeah. Rose accepts this and because uh, you know, of her kind heart and says that they can stay. Sophia then hands her a tray of drinks and tells her to make sure they pay for them. Right. Rose uh, contests that it'll be, it wouldn't be right to charge them. Sophia agrees but says that the man hates pity. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, Rose believes her and brings out the drinks. Uh, Sophia simply shakes her head and says, what a tool. Yeah, that's become like a running thing on here. I feel like it's the third time this season where she's had... She's lied to someone, and and then she has like after they've walked away, then Sophia says something along those lines. Kinda, it's yeah. not a tool every time; it's yeah. a different Some word do each time. Them, though, like, like what a maroon. Or yeah, mm-hmm. I always uh, like the word rube. I'd like to hear her say that next time. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, Jane scene again. Dorothy's uh, now walking up uh, to Blanche, uh, who is looking through an old family album or several albums. Right. Like. Yeah. <clears throat> she tells her that uh, it's not too late to change her mind and attend the funeral. Uh, Blanche uh, kind of ignores her words and calls her over to look at a picture of her when she was 10 and uh, learning to ride a horse. Dorothy is quite pleased to see that a young Blanche was a bit on the rotund side, mm-hmm. laughing and calling her fat repeatedly. Uh, her amusement even uh, spills over, recites a poem. Do you have that one too? Uh, yeah, fat, fat, water rat, 50 bullets in your hat. Have you guys ever heard that one before? I don't know. I'm assuming that was a thing. I I even looked it up and I couldn't find I mean, there was an old song by somebody like in the 70s, um, but then it sounds like it really predates that song, that little rhyme, so I don't know what it came from. Yeah, me neither. Excuse me. But yeah, she she recited it real fast, like maybe it was something from a playground or something. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Nothing nothing from our time. And uh, she even then uh, requests a copy of the picture in question. Uh, she talks about how she was, uh, oh, Blanche talks about how she was always beautiful to Big Daddy and laments now how uh, she's lost both of her parents. Mm-hmm. Dorothy admits that she's still very enthusiastic to tell her mother when anything good happens in her life, kind of sharing in that moment. Mm-hmm. Blanche tells her uh, friend that if she does uh, go to the funeral to say her goodbyes, then uh, he's really dead. Dorothy calmly says that, you know, he is dead, you know, he is gone. Uh, Blanche then shows a picture of herself as uh, the Azalea Queen and how pretty she was then. I guess not not fat anymore. Right. Uh, Dorothy comments that 
You still have, and at this point, you still haven't lost it. But Blanche replies that, oh, when that particular picture was taken, she had lost it. Yeah, two about years. two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, change scene again. Sophia enters the kitchen wearing an apron, uh, singing a kind of like a show tune or like a sea shanty. Almost right, thing, yeah. With a loud group in the living room and uh, counting a handful of cash <laughs> uh, that she'd gotten from those, quote, nice people. Rose points out that Sophia had never mentioned anything about hosting a party, but Sophia again brushes it off, pointing out that uh, all the money they've made is yeah. you know, worth it. Uh, she then loudly regrets the missed opportunity to install a pay toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I'm not sure how you do that in a house. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, I guess you just need to put like a, maybe you could put something on the door where it closed and then you <laughs> could have to just pay to get <laughs> into the bathroom. Or you lock the door and you know, come to me if you want to go. Yeah, yeah, that would be a way it would work out. Uh, but I think she even says installing a, a yeah. pay toilet, which I'm like. Yeah, like a toilet you have to actually drop a quarter into to, yeah. to use. <laughs> You think if you were gonna install one, that would cost more than what they would oh, yeah, make? Yeah, I'd have to think, because they're only doing it for one weekend, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, the phone rings and uh, Sophia answers, and then immediately hangs it up. Uh, she tells Rose that it was Dorothy, and uh, that she better ring it when it, or answer it when it rings again. Rose says that she can't lie about what's going on, but ultimately answers the phone when she uh, when Dorothy calls back. She assures her that everything is well. And that uh, Sophia is currently in church. Mm-hmm. She shares a story about, uh, or she's talking to, to Sophia at this point, and shares a story about uh, when she was a child in St. Olaf, uh, the mayor would round <laughs> up all the liar children once per year and give them a good pointing at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was kind of a funny, I mean, it was a simple <laughs> story, but I thought it was a funny one. One of, one of the St. Olaf stories. all the liars and yeah. point at us. <laughs> Or point of them. I don't right, think she included yeah. herself in that. Uh, Sophia gives her uh, an incredulous stare when she hears a story. And uh, we hear uh, in the other room uh, a breaking sound, which ends up being Blanche's plate. Mm. Rose asks, you know, what are they going to tell her when she gets home? And Sophia says, the truth. Yeah. Rose is relieved by this. But then Sophia adds that uh, she's just going to have to figure <laughs> out uh, what the truth is going to be. Yeah, I thought that was funny. But... It also, though, one of those like suspension of disbelief things. Why would they have not put that plate somewhere? You know, that she it was took out it away of reach. From exactly, they'd have to go and specifically get it from somewhere. Say, "Oh, this is the plate we're not supposed to use." Right. Let's go ahead and use it anyway. <laughs> exactly. Because it was the same guy that she took it from initially, right? Mm, I believe so. So he was just like, "F this! I'm using this plate." <laughs> yeah. She's not gonna tell. This is a citrus plate. I love this. Taste makes all the food taste extra good. <laughs> Because of the rarity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we go back uh, to Blanche. This time she's uh, walking into a cemetery. Very classic, like, southern <laughs> look to that. Yeah. Uh, with uh, big old weeping willows almost. Mm-hmm. With, uh, it looks like it's got uh, the Spanish moss hanging off mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, Blanche is at the cemetery alone and lays some flowers on her mother's above-ground vault. I'll tell you what, that little description you just gave the cemetery harkened back to classic ski recaps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you would describe, like, the setting when people were walking into the room, the clothes people were wearing and things like that in the early days. Did Uh I do that a lot? Uh, A little bit early on, yeah. Like like three-piece sweater vest with a vase next to the door. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I could do that more if you like. 
No, I think sprinkled in once here and you know, here and there <laughs> yeah. on a special occasion. It was a good time. Yeah, <laughs> keep us on our toes. Another right. thing you could, uh, I noticed immediately that the background was painted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> almost as almost as plainly as uh, certain backgrounds in The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Not filmed on location in an actual <laughs> mausoleum. <laughs> but uh, she she walks by and uh, like I said, the vault. Her mom's vault is right next to her dad's. She lays some flowers on the, the mother's uh, tomb, and then she turns and starts talking to her father's uh, grave uh, and apologizes uh, for missing the funeral and admits that she should have been there yeah. to pay her love it, and respect. And we saw her with her elderly mother before, right? In a flashback or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Found Mother's Day, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was the last one she spent with her. Uh, but she was thinking more about herself as per usual. She apologizes for being a difficult child and for not coming to visit when he asked. Uh, but that you know she was the the queen of the ball, and then immediately realized that she's gone right back to talking about herself again. Yeah, some so, some self awareness there. I think. Yeah, a little bit. That's how it typically works out for Blanche. Yeah, I think so. You think though, at some point, the self awareness would have to stick. Mm-hmm. But it seems like she always drifts back. Yeah, just her personality, I suppose. Yeah, it's a sitcom. Yeah, we got to reset to square one <laughs> at the end of each episode. Yeah, you don't want too much growth from any of the characters <laughs> throughout the series. Exactly, Stan hasn't grown much. <laughs> right, he should have learned his lesson a long time ago. Mm-hmm. If true. they learned from their experiences, then they'd constantly be talking about how Enrique Moss reminds them of Kid Pepe. <laughs> That's true. They would. Uh, say nothing to Miles. <laughs> they don't say anything about Miles. Yeah. Doesn't he look a lot like the other guy that she dated? <laughs> like he was lost at sea. It's not him. <laughs> exactly. Rose must have a type because this guy looks a lot right? like him. Uh, but uh, she says that she feels foolish uh, for fighting with uh, her sister. And they really, they should have been comforting each other, which is kind of what we talked about earlier. Right. She tells her father uh, that uh, she loves him very much and wishes he was, there was a way that she would know he, he could hear her. Just then, Dorothy walks up behind her and says, Blanche. <laughs> and uh, she looks up as though her father's spirit is talking to her and then just realizes it's Dorothy. Yeah. It's uh, like the second time she heard Dorothy and thought it was the voice of God. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, the first time, we really were never confirmed that it was Dorothy. Right, it was when they were in right? the bed together, yeah. Yeah. Now, Dorothy was trying to pretend to be God the first time around. Uh-huh. Uh, this time, it was uh, purely coincidental. It didn't yeah. uh, didn't uh, Rose think it first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Rose, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorothy tells her that the taxi driver had uh, advised that they better hurry or uh, they'll miss their flight. Mm-hmm. So she really didn't leave herself a whole lot of time to be at the cemetery. Probably. Right. Uh, she says her final goodbye and I love you to both of her parents. And then walks away with Dorothy, sadly realizing that uh, she's nobody's little girl anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not that buffer between her and death anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, like yeah. it's coming for her next. Or one of her kids. You know? Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, true. She can take the Rose Kennedy. Probably, so- <laughs> yeah. probably Sophia. She's close to her. You know? She's mm. kind of like a mom figure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So maybe like when, when both my parents are gone, I just need to find someone who's a bit older. That's going to be like my surrogate so yeah, that sure, I still yeah. have that buffer. That's Actually, a good idea. I'm curious. Who, who died first of all the girls? I, I think it was Sophia, but it wasn't by much, um, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think it's Sophia. But uh, Sophia then uh, tells Rose they're back at the house that they had a great weekend making 1700 bucks, and that she can afford that big screen TV. And uh, has, she even has a script ready. She uh, can buy for, eight TVs for that price now. Right. <laughs> 
there's a script ready for Blanche when she arrives home, and that and she suggests they rehearse, mm-hmm. which I wrote this whole thing down because it was perfect. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, Sophia says, "Hi, Blanche, you look beautiful. Welcome home. I love you." <laughs> and then Rose's line was supposed to be, "I broke the plate. I'm such a clumsy fool." <laughs> Rose, like her just mouth just dropped. She's like, "Right." She flat out refuses to play along any further. At this point, the doorbell rings, and a man has brought another commemorative plate, same kind, mm-hmm. uh, for them to uh, buy. He cites how rare they are and you know, gives them a $2,000 price tag if they want it. Upon hearing this, Sophia spouts out, $2,000 a plate? What is this, a Republican fundraiser? <laughs> Boom, my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> he replies that it's a collector's item and is only willing to part with it just to help them out. Uh, Rose offers uh, seven, the 1700 they have, and he accepts. Uh, not wanting to part uh, with the with the cash, Sophia, however, uh, counters with a hundred dollars and a quote good time. Right. <laughs> well, we'll show you a good time. Okay, she said. Should have thrown in a tank of gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia sadly uh, gives him the money though, and he dashes out the door just like seconds before Blanche and Dorothy arrive home. Right. Like and they, they would probably be past each other. Yeah. Dorothy even asks, you know, who was that? And I think uh, Sophia says the gas man or something. Yeah. <laughs> Rose assures Blanche that uh, they uh, took really good care of the plate, and she thanks her, but continues that uh, she did some personal growth on this trip, and the plate really uh, represents the old selfish Blanche. She takes it and smacks it on the ground <laughs> symbolically, and then heads to the kitchen for some cheesecake. Uh, Rose looks Again, devastated. cheesecake mentioned again without being seen. Yeah. Yep. I think her second week in a row of that. Yeah. I think so. Agreed. Uh, Rose looks devastated but follows them into the kitchen. Sophia just looks up at the heavens, shaking her head and asks, what is this, sarcasm? Mm-hmm. God answers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been a funny way. <laughs> or if Dorothy was just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to, to confirm what we just said, uh, Estelle Getty was uh, 2008. Um Oh, yeah, right. B. Arthur, that, 2009, uh, and Room Clan in 2010. Did you ever post that, by the way? What's that? That little timetable I sent you? I don't you? think I did. Um, I can't remember if I did or not, to be honest with you. It's been a little while back. It's been a few weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it shortly after? Uh, yeah, it was shortly it, after Betty White died. So perhaps. Did, uh, did I show you that, Brent? I don't believe so. Oh, anyway, I'd, I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, this maybe it was uh, bored or something, and mm-hmm. didn't decide to do my actual job wasn't important. Yeah. So I took a little bit of time. I made a spreadsheet, uh, pretty close to uh, like the specific date and stuff, categorizing their entire lifespans. Oh, wow. each golden, mm-hmm. and like, uh, and then put them in like basically a bar graph style, like yeah, who yeah. started, who who was born when versus who died when. Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, Betty White lived a lot longer than all of them. Yes, <laughs> she was. She was born first and died yeah. way last. Mm-hmm. Clean living. <laughs> so we ended up with uh, four guest actors in that episode. Um, we had a uh, Sherry North. Uh, mm-hmm. She played Virginia for the okay. second time, or okay. second and final time. Yeah. The Golden Girls. Uh, we had Brandis Kemp. Um, she played Maddie. Uh, Thirty-four tiles to her name. This was her only Golden Girls episode. Um, she did have. 30 episodes as Alma Cox on uh, After Mash. I did not realize there was an After Mash mm-hmm. show. Um, yeah. Ken Levine wrote oh, that. Really? Levine. Levine. Okay. Levine, yeah. <laughs> and then we had uh, uh, Paul uh, Eating. He played Peter. 
304 titles to his name. Um, a lot of it was animation. Typically, when it is animation and video games, you see those yeah. huge numbers, unless it happens to be like Bob Hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a lot of animation and whatnot. He, he was in one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation as a Admiral Lokewell, um, but this was his only Golden Girls. And he was also on an episode of My Name is Earl, but I can't remember his... Uh, his role on that one wasn't anything major. Yeah. Um, then we also had a, the other uh, guest actor was Stephen Gilborn. He played Howard. Now he had 120 titles. He was an extremely recognizable type actor. Mm-hmm. He was in a bunch of things. Um, uh, he was in Dunstan Checks In, which I know was a Brent favorite. <laughs> um, uh, he also played uh, Mr. Phyllis on both of the Brady Bunch movies. Um, but there's a lot of things that I think he was recognizable from. Uh-huh. Um, but this is his first of two Golden Girls episodes. Cool. So, all right. So, Ski, who got your MVP for this one? I gave it to Blanche. I thought it was a strong performance and a fairly serious episode. Yeah. Yeah, I went with Blanche also. The same stuff. I mean, I, I thought she had decent humor and good drama parts on it. And I didn't think anybody else for me stood out in that regard. Agreed. Blanche for me. It's a clean sweep for Blanche on this one. and. How many slices of cheesecake, Ski? 2.5. 2.5. Yeah, it was a heavy very, episode. Very somber, and I was not really in, in the mood for a down when I was mm-hmm. watching it. But Fair enough. And how about you, Brent? Same. Uh, I was a three-star. Or slices. Three, three slices. slices. Yeah. Oh, I gave it a solid eight. I thought it was the best. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it. You said it. It's, it stuck now. Uh, I gave it, I believe, a three and a half. Let me double check. Yep, three and a half slices. Yeah. For me, so I guess I enjoyed it slightly more than the two of you did, yeah. but still, it was a below average at that, episode. Yeah. At that yeah. level, it's really negligible. Yeah. yeah. So, so certainly not going to be in the uh, running for best episode. Uh, I feel like this season started off hot and has uh, significantly cooled down yeah. <laughs> recently. So Agreed. I know they got all the really great ideas out of the way first, <laughs> and then <laughs> now they got the middle. Hopefully, they'll uh, end yeah. strong with uh, the last well, half of the season. I was thinking because I feel bad because I think I. Somebody had asked on Instagram, you know, and I was like, oh, no more clunkers left. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. Nothing but gold from here on out. And then we just had a couple in a row. Yeah. So I feel bad that I, you know, lied. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were just being optimistic. And, yeah. And no one can fault you for being yeah. a pie-eyed optimist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or pie in the sky. What is the term? Uh, pie in the sky. Pie in the sky. Okay. I, what is pie-eyed? Is that anything? Or that I've not? never <laughs> heard of that one. I have uh, heard that, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. Well. It, it does Siri knows, can we ask? Uh, I think we'll leave that mystery for our listeners Siri to solve. <laughs> so you want to look up if Pi... Hey, oh, go ahead, Brent. S- somebody at work said something. Um, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. Basically, they were like, them fat cats should have stacked more bread. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was just genius. And they're like, I may have consolidated two different expressions. And I was like, I don't think that second was an expression at all. Like, I've never heard of stacking bread. <laughs> it really actually makes a lot of sense together, though. <laughs> it does. I mean, it sounds like something that'd be like a 1930s kind of a uh, thing to say, but exactly. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's drunk. Very drunk. Oh, drunk is pie-eyed. Okay. So, fair enough. Pretty, pretty simple definition, just very inebriated. Yeah. yeah. Well, that describes There's, Brent most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Paul McCartney album, Flaming Pie. It's one of my favorites. Oh, really? Yeah. For the solo stuff. Is there, a, on average, how many studio albums did the Beatles produce? Uh, 13's the generally accepted number. Okay. And would you say that, are there any solo albums that you would put above um, the their 13? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Quite a few? Uh, yeah, 
I would say so. Maybe not quite a few, um, but I could easily come up with eight or so. How many by Ringo? uh, Three. That you put above? Yeah. Like, I think I would say that, like, Please Please Me is my least favorite Beatles album. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely think of three Ringo albums I'd put above that one. Okay, well, top five. Is there any solo album from the Beatles that you would put in the top five overall? Um, If you combine, you know, both. I would probably put like McCartney's Ram. I would probably put in the top five of any Beatles related album. Okay. Um, probably cliche, but maybe I would put All Things Must Pass in the top five as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's George Harrison. Like Lennon's Plastic Ono Band album is definitely his best solo album, but I would not put it in the top five. Okay. And Ringo's, you know, Buku of Blues is my favorite of his solo albums, but I wouldn't put it in the top five. Okay, so if you were making your top five without mentioning the other three, you think that you'd have three band albums and two solo albums? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't... I guess Ram would definitely make the cut, but All Things Must Pass would probably not make the just cut. Just beyond the top just five. the outside? Yeah, just mm-hmm. the outside, yep. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Well, you're quite the Beatles aficionado. I feel like yeah, we talked I'm, about I'm them. Lost mm-hmm. in I yeah. love the Beatles, but mm-hmm. I couldn't keep up with you. Well, Brent just has such a, a knowledge of music, music that he likes. If it's music he likes, his knowledge of it is... Uh, Vast. Yes. Um, so, anyways, but I don't know. With that little mm-hmm. bit at the end, uh, stay yeah. golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.